today we're going to have this podcast focus on Abram, uh, or as many know him better as Abraham. Um, we just finished up with looking at Noah. So today we're going to start um, a few podcasts of looking at Abram or Abraham. And Abram uh, is a very interesting man. Um, there's a lot of history and, and uh, that kind of goes into uh, who Abram and Abraham is. Um, there's a lot uh, to be able to know and learn and understand about him. <clears throat> so we're not going to be able to maybe dive as deep as I want to on this podcast just for the sake of time, but we're going to uh, really try to take a look at him um, and, and see what we can learn. Uh, there's going to be multiple um, different stories that we're going to be looking at today. We're just going to look at the initial story of where Abram was uh, given, if you will, uh, a command by God to go. And uh, if probably other than um, Abraham and Isaac on the mountain with a sacrifice, this is probably the most uh, familiar passage of story, Genesis 12. But we're going to be looking at all of the little uh, intricate details uh, that maybe you don't know. Uh, for instance, starting in verse 10 where Abram goes to Egypt and uh, ends up lying about his wife, uh, saying that it's his sister, and some different stories like that, and kind of looking at who was Abram, how did, uh, how did God really work in his life, where was his obedience at, where was his faith at, um, and to be able to really try to figure out how to relate to him um, and find out how his life and the things that happened with him are applicable to us today. And so uh, we'll start in Genesis chapter 12, um, and we're just going to look at verses 1 and 2. Uh, and really, we'll just look at verse 1 today. But it says, The Lord said to Abram, Go out from your land, your relatives, and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great. And you will be a blessing. Verse 3, I will bless those who bless you. I will curse anyone who treats you with contempt. And all the people on the earth will be blessed through you. So this is um, one of those passages that many of us have probably heard. And unfortunately, I think we read through too fast. And we don't understand the magnitude of what's really being done here. And a little bit of the historical context. So one of the things that I think we need to be able to understand is we need to go back just a little bit to chapter 11, and we need to read these passages to prepare us for where we're at. So in Genesis chapter 11, starting in verse 31, it says, Terah took his son Abram, his grandson Lot, Haran's son, and his daughter-in-law Sarai, his son Abram's wife, and they set out together from Ur of the Chaldees to go to the land of Canaan. But when they came to Haran, they settled there, and Terah lived 205 years and died in Haran. Now, the reason that that's important is because when you do some, <clears throat> when you do some study and you find out some historical context, Haran was a place that um, was very pagan. Um, it was a an area where there was a belief in multiple gods. Um, it was an area where uh, Jehovah God uh, was not a centerpiece of worship. And so getting to chapter 12, 
many people just kind of go along with this idea that, you know, Abram uh, is very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It, 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 he's very knowledgeable about who God is, when in fact, he's not at all. Um, he is one who has been, he's grown up with his, with his pagan beliefs, and that's what he's used to. And so there is a great uh, context that's building up here of what God is getting ready to do in the life of Abram and what he is calling him out from. So it, let's look at these here uh, in verse 1, and we're going to kind of break this verse down. In the first part, we're just going to look at the two first words, go out. This phrase is faith in action. There is a command given to move without direction or destination. Now, I want you to think about the magnitude behind that statement. God is looking at Abram. This is, from what all intensive purposes that we understand scripturally, this is the first time that God and Abram have had any communication whatsoever. And God looks at Abram and he says, I want you to go out. And I'm not going to tell you where. I'm not going to tell you uh, what direction to go into. I'm not going to tell you anything. I just want you to start moving. That is the epitome of faith. To have someone tell you, I need you to just go, but I'm not going to tell you where. I'm not going to tell you uh, which way to go. I just want you to start moving. And once you start moving, then I'll tell you everything that you need to know. That is an amazing feat of faith um, that God is asking Abram to be part of. Now, go from where you are now to where I want to send you. See, what we see from this, <clears throat> and we're going to kind of build into this over the next little bit. Abram is in a state of comfort right now. Abram has everything he needs. He has everything that he wants. Abram is one of the wealthiest men at this period of time with um, all of his herds and all of his animals and his wealth and his uh, agricultural lifestyle. Um, and God says, I just want you to go from here where you're comfortable to where I want to send you, which is completely uncomfortable because you don't know where, you don't know anything about it. But that's where I want to send you. And so not only to go without direction or destination, but God gives him three other directives to go. So I want you to think about this. It's not just the fact that God is saying, I want you to go some go somewhere. I'm not going to tell you where. I want you to start going. <clears throat> I'm not going to tell you what direction. Oh, but by the way, I'm going to give you three other directives that I need you to make sure that you do in the midst of this. So just imagine if you're Abram in this moment, this God that you really don't know a whole lot about is telling you, I want you to pack up. I want you to start moving somewhere. I'm not going to tell you where. I'm not going to tell you direction. And your mind is just racing. Your mind is just going absolutely just crazy right now, trying to figure out what in the world is going on. And so then now on top of that, here God is going to give him three different directives. So let's look at him. He says, I want you to go out from your land. Now, Abram, of course, was agricultural in his lifestyle. <clears throat> this was the way um, uh, of having his economic status during this period of time. Um, as you see with Job, you know, Job had uh, lots of herds, lots of animals. Uh, this was how you defined your wealth. Um, based off of the crops you had. Um, during this time, people's wealth and status came from the land and the number of animals in the crop surplus they had. So the more that you had, the more wealthy that you were. And 
here God is asking Abram <clears throat> to leave his livelihood and his income and status and to go somewhere with no direction and no destination. Now think about that for a minute. That is something that uh, in American Christianity makes no sense. When we look at American Christianity around us today with all of this nonsense that's being taught that, you know, God only wants to bless you, that, you know, God wants to give you the best of your houses and the best cars and God wants to give you all this money and God wants to make sure that you're constantly healthy all the time, which is, you know, it it all sounds good, but that's not what we see scripturally. When we look at the Bible and we're looking at each of these people that we're going to look at in Scripture, just like we did with Noah, just like we did with Job, like we're doing here with Abram, God is going to ask these people to do absolutely outlandish things that make no sense in today's Christianity. Today's Christianity is all about comfort. It's all about making sure I feel good. It's all about making sure that things line up with me. <coughs> we're even getting so ridiculous that we're saying, well, I don't think God would do that. As if we have enough knowledge, as if we are significant enough to where we can actually tap into God's thoughts. If you go into the book of Isaiah chapter 55, it says God's thoughts are far above our thoughts and God's ways are far above our ways. There's no way that we can even begin to broach um, God's thoughts. But yet we have all of these different um thoughts today in American Christianity that God doesn't want me to suffer. God doesn't want me to have it difficult. God doesn't want me to be uncomfortable. And yet that's all we're seeing up to this point. Job, we're looking at Noah, we're looking at Abram here. There's nothing about anything that these men are going through so far that is allowing them to be comfortable, that is allowing them to uh, make sure that they have their best life now. It's not about (laughs) making sure that They have everything that they want. Actually, God is saying, I want you to give up everything in order to follow me. And the reason why that's so important is because what I want us to be able to see is that through each one of these, God is saying, listen, I want want you to die to who you are because I want to make you someone new. Guess what that is? That is God giving a precursor to what salvation is. Salvation is I must die to self in order for Christ to live through me. So what God is doing in these people in the book of Genesis and and all throughout the Old Testament is he's given us a precursor to what the plan of salvation is going to be. And this plan of salvation (coughs) is going to be that I am dead in my sins and I can only be made alive in Christ. So I've got to die to self. I've got to die to my old way of life. And I've got to become uh, a new creation in Christ. Uh, as, as he told Nicodemus, you must be born again. And so all of this nonsense about how that I've got to be comfortable and God's not going to ask me to do all these different things, that is not biblical Christianity. That's American Christianity. So in order for Abram to be who God wanted him to be, he couldn't be defined by his agricultural status. See, Abram was a wealthy man and everyone knew that Abram was a wealthy man. And so God says, I want the one thing that defines you, I want you to eliminate it. I want you to completely eliminate it because I want you to be more than that. And see, what we do, I think that many of us, and when I say many of us, I'm talking about people who are trying to live a Christian life. We allow ourselves to be defined by a spiritual gift that we may, you know, like for instance me, I'm a pastor. 
Okay, so I can be so wrapped up in being a pastor that I forget that my ultimate goal is to be a follower of Christ. You can be a Sunday school teacher. You could be whatever. You could be uh, just someone who is, uh, works at um, fill-in-the-blank business and you share the gospel with people there. Uh, what God wants us to do is God doesn't want us to be defined by something. He wants us to be defined by Him. And so I don't, I don't need to be known as Pastor Jeremiah. I need to be known as a follower of Christ. I, I need to know, uh, I need people to know that He is who defines me. And so right now, Abram is defined by his agricultural status. And God says, no, I want to pull you out of that. And I want to make sure that you're defined by something else. I want to make sure that you're defined by me. But we've got to eliminate your agricultural status because what's going to happen is, is if you hang on to that, you're going to let that define you. And you're always that's always going to be your default. You're always going to fall back to that because when times get tough, You've got enough agricultural status, you've got enough animals, you've got enough crop surplus and enough wealth and all that, that you'll fall back to that. What I want to do is I want to erase that out of your life in order for me to be the one that defines you. So I am your default. God wants to be able to pull things out of our lives so much so that when we fall into difficult times, when we are struggling, when we're facing trials, when we're facing spiritual warfare, he wants us to fall back on him. He wants to be the default. Uh, he wants to be the be-all, end-all in our lives. God doesn't want us turning to all these other different resources in order to try to get things fixed. He wants us to turn to him. Uh, he wants to be all that we need. And a lot of times people, they say that, they even sing it on Sunday mornings with certain songs. But the thing is, when it comes to difficult times in our lives, God is not the one we always go to. God is not the first one we go to. A lot of times God's not even the second, third, and fourth one we go to. We go to self-help manuals. And listen, I'm not saying that you shouldn't uh, go talk to a counselor at some point. I'm not saying that you shouldn't, you know, I I'm not one of those guys. But what I'm saying is this. When we turn to everything other than God for help, but yet we call ourselves a Christian, then we don't have what it means to be a Christian. We are supposed to have God as our default. Now, does that mean that when you're in difficult times, all you do is fall on your knees and pray and God instantaneously answers your prayers and fixes things? No, because the point of things with our, our life is you go to the book of Hebrews, it says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. The reason why we struggle so much in our lives is because we don't like to have our faith grow. We don't like to have our faith challenged. We don't like to have our faith tested. Adrian Rogers said, a faith that can't be tested can't be trusted. And so what happens is, is we want all of the benefits of following God. We want all the benefits of the Christian life, but we don't want to have our faith tested in order to grow deeper in our walk with God. And so what happens in our lives is we have these moments to where the difficult times come and we pray and it's like, oh gosh, I prayed and you didn't answer, so I'm going to go over here and try to fix it. And the problem is, is God says, listen, the way to fix it is in order for your faith to grow. I want you to be able to trust me to walk you through this. See, we live in such an instantaneous gratification, a microwave society, that if we have a problem today, we want it fixed today. And we don't realize that sometimes that's not the case. Me and one of my guys at work were talking the other day about how that 
you know, there's such a difference between, uh, you know, even just talking about different nations. When you look at Asian culture, for instance, like in China, there's such a level of patience with some of the things that they do uh, when it comes to the art of war. And when you come to, you start studying some of these different things. You look in America, everything is fast. Let's hurry and fix it right now. We're not going to worry about the consequences of what's going to happen. Let's just fix it. Well, the problem is, is you may fix it for the moment, but there's going to be lots of consequences later. It's kind of like the stimulus check. Everybody wants this stimulus check right now. The problem is you don't realize you're going to have to pay so much more in taxes later on because you get a couple of thousand dollars right now. And we just want that quick fix, but we don't care about the consequences later. But you got some people, like, for instance, some of these Asian cultures, when you read some of their history, they're very thoughtful about the process. They're very patient about the process. They let things work out. And that's one of the things that faith is. Faith is about letting things work out. It's about the patience. It's like the verse, be still and know that I'm God. You're not able to to be in a hurry and know he's God. You've got to be still. You've got to be able to understand and, and take your time with it and realize that God is not in a hurry. And I'll tell you why he's not in a hurry, because he's got an eternal perspective. That's where we struggle. We're looking at everything from the present moment, and we're in such a hurry to get everything done because we think everything has to be done so quickly. And God says, listen, I've got things. I'm looking at everything from right now to eternity. I'm not in a hurry for anything. And so we've got to be able to get some of these things out of our systems, out of our lives, in order for our faith to truly grow, in order for us to be able to make sure we've got to allow the patience. And listen, this is this is the absolute antithesis of who I am. What, I, what I'm, I'm spewing out of my mouth right now is not at all who I am. I am probably the most impatient person you'll ever meet. Uh, I am not someone who finds uh, finds it good sitting down being still and waiting on God. As a matter of fact, I'm probably, if you wanted to say this, I am God's worst student. I'm the kid in class who's constantly raising his hand, uh, who's constantly asking questions, who's constantly um, upset because things aren't moving quickly enough. And I'm trying to tell God on a regular basis that he needs to pick up the pace. Um, so... There's a lot of this, as I hope that you understand that as we go through these podcasts, there's a lot of things in here God is teaching me as I'm studying that I need to be aware of even in my own life. And that's why studying scripture is so important because God is constantly reminding us of what we need to be doing, of who we are, <laughs> and of how frail and how weak we are and how much we need to continue to grow. And I've been a Christian for uh, goodness, almost 30 years. And here I am, and I'm still learning about patience. I'm still learning about how important it is for me to be still and how important it is for my faith. Um, we'll never be able to get it on this side of glory. And so it's a constant thing that we have to, to continue growing in. So faith is weakness in us and strength in Christ. Abram had enough wealth that his faith could have remained there. Without his wealth, his faith had to be in something and someone else. So that's why God is saying, I want you to get out of this land. I want you to get away from your wealth. I want you to get away from this agricultural lifestyle. In order for faith to grow, reliance on earthly strengths must be removed. And we've got to make sure that we allow God to move freely in our lives. We've got to make sure that we allow God to have his way in our lives and allow him to be able to do what he needs in our lives. And that's very challenging. That's very challenging because uh, faith is something that many times is not tangible. And if you look at your life, the majority of things that you have faith in, 
the majority of things that you are reliant upon are things that are tangible, whether it's family relationships, whether it's money, whether it's your job, whether it's material things. It, it is things that you are able to uh, have your hands on. It's things that you're able to be, uh, you're able to touch and and see and feel. And faith is something that goes far beyond that. It's far above that. It's something that you're not able to necessarily uh, touch, taste, and feel all the time. And it's something that you just have to be able to... um, It's times, honestly, it's almost unexplainable uh, to where you have to sit down and say, all I have is Jesus and that's enough, but I can't really explain how I have a peace with that. <clears throat> it's it's kind of like getting that peace that passes all understanding in a situation and you can't really explain it. <clears throat> it's just that you have it. And so um, with that, we're going to, in the next podcast, look at the next two uh, commands or directives that God gives of for Abram, and that's to leave his relatives and to leave his father's house. So keep in mind, um, especially with the last one about his father's house, is that they grew up in Haran or Haran, whichever one you, uh, whichever way you want to pronounce it. And uh, to be able to understand, they grew up in a pagan lifestyle. And so God is getting ready to call Abram out to even more than just leaving his uh, agricultural status. So we'll be jumping into that in the next podcast. So I pray that this has been a blessing to you. I pray it's encouraged you and challenged you. And most of all, I hope it, it encourages you to get into the Word daily. It makes you want to get in and read and study more. Um, I pray that most of all, if you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, that you've never repented of your sins, surrendered your life, and asked Jesus to be Lord of your life, that you find someone who is a follower of Christ and talk to them about what it means uh, to be saved, to uh, ask Jesus to be Lord of your life. Pray you have a blessed day today. Go out and share the gospel with someone, and we look forward to our next podcast.